one constant in college rugby is change. And there has been monumental changes in the last 15 years. Welcome back, everyone, to the FCC podcast, the number one Florida college rugby podcast in all of America. I am your host and commissioner, Kirk Swanner. On the chat today, we've got our three longest tenured coaches joining us again. So we got Ken Simmons at UF, Ronnie Suarez down at FIU, and Michael Gomez at Florida State. Uh, today, we are going to be talking sevens and macro schedule and where is the best place for sevens um so uh, i'll say first up this year with the single sevens tournament was a mistake um coming out of covid we didn't know what the return was going to be like in the fall so we went with the single sevens tournament i don't like that idea it was a mistake like i said previously we've done the two tournament series and what I learned from the two years we did that was that if you weren't in the finals in the first tournament, you really didn't have a chance of winning the second. So I didn't like the two tournament series to me, if we're going to do a series, it needs to be at least three. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we're going to do three sevens tournaments in Florida. So I think the two tournaments where the first one is a warm up and, and seeds for the second tournament, which is a winner take all, I think that's the best solution to go to. Uh, and that's what I like to do moving forward. So now the big question mark is where does it sit? So um, I guess first off, let's talk about the cons of what our current uh, system is, or if you guys want to just rip into it, feel free. Like what we have right now is not working for sevens. Go. I wasn't, I, I definitely didn't think we were going to be doing sevens. I, I have, you know, and I, I didn't put any focus on sevens. This, this, and this was the first time that I had not put focus on sevens. Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was going to be a sevens tournament just on the fact that, you know, COVID, the COVID situation, I thought we were just going to get delayed, delayed, delayed. And then all of a sudden we just say, Hey, there's going to be no FCC sevens. Um, but I don't, I don't feel that it's something that we should be pursuing unless we know that there's a pathway to it. Um, because one tournament, I don't think it does anything for that. We could just have a, you know, like an all Florida day, one fifteens day mm. tournament of 20 minute games, you know? Yeah. I mean, as far as pathway goes, um, we are still pursuing them. There's still a couple of options out there. I just think it's too early right now. Like it's so early in the season, we don't have any of the leverage. And I think if we wait, leverage comes back to our side and we'll be able to negotiate it better better terms for us. Does that make sense? Like I, I'm trying to keep things cryptic because I don't, what I, I don't want to be promising stuff to you guys and not delivering, but I also don't want to like let the cat of the bag or anything like that. You know, like I think it, I, I'm trying to be cryptic on purpose, but. Um, Understood, yeah. man. I, I, you know, what's, what's funny is that I, you know, and Evan had, had you know, had said something about this previously, but like, I feel that this, since this is being my first year where I didn't put a focus on sevens, I felt that a lot of my players have gotten rugby. They gotten better at the, at simple things in rugby um, and teaching new guys. I think I've scared away a lot of guys with sevens because of the fact that you need to be fit. You need to, you know, you need to work, you need to get into some dark places and, and, you know, your skill level has to be, you know, you got to try to perfect your skill level. And a lot of guys just 
aren't ready for that to just jump right into that as, as their first introduction to rugby. So just going into a lot of 15 stuff, I think that it really helped out. Yeah. Gomez or Ken thoughts on starting with sevens. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm okay with starting with sevens. Uh, Like I, the, the, I guess the difference, what we did was we focused on, on the skills that you need for both 15s and sevens. And really we've only spent this past week even talking about how you really have to play the sevens game is more about, we had so many new players. We're basically working on, can you tackle? Can you make your open field tackle? Can you pass? And uh, we're not, the, the problem is to Ronnie and Evan's point, we will, we won't be really ready for sevens, but I don't mind it as a development. Uh, although I, I think, I think I like the idea of moving it later at the, after our 15s would probably be best for us if we could figure out a way to schedule it that way. Right. So, Gomez, comments? Um, I mean, just, yeah, it's just a repeat of what everyone said. Um, you know, developmentally sevens is, is the toughest version of rugby. Um, and so much so, you know, Ken said, hey, we didn't put a focus on it until this week. I didn't talk to players. I didn't tell players what sevens was until Thursday. Uh, you know, Ronnie will tell you, you know, Wednesday I was hitting him up like, hey, if you, uh, if you had two hours to prepare for a tournament, what would you do? Um, and, and he asked me, he's like, well, it depends on the skill level. And I said, well, you know, not to, not to two mile horn here, but we've only trained for three weeks, but I've got a lot of guys that can run, catch, tackle, and ruck. And some of them have developed a really good pass. Some of them are okay passers and some of them, are, are going to be front rows, but. Um, okay. So, you know, like the, I, I sit here and harp on macro schedule. Right. And so, you know, I sit here and say, it's, it's easiest, you know, let's start with sevens. Cause it's like the easiest thing to start with, you know, and then that, so my original idea was that you start with sevens as a high performance team. You don't bring everyone along. Right. So you start at the beginning of the year with the least amount of numbers you need. That was what I did coaching uh the tail end of my season when we had like the when i was running these florida sevens tournaments we had the aci and we had these other things like in that time frame so that's what i was trying to do then um i've evan sold me on the idea that you can use sevens as a club development tool not just a player development tool right so like and it you get sold. I got sold on that because of the idea that you take your whole team to these tournaments and it's like these short games where you go and play and then you come back and get your feedback. You got the whole team there. And it's like this great way to develop the entire club together. So that's then, then I turn my messaging to use it as club development. Now, like looking at it again now, right. The, well, the purpose of the preseason is that we need to get guys hooked on rugby as fast as possible so is it easier to hook guys with 15s or sevens and i think the overwhelming answer it's easier to hook guys on 15s and it's sevens right because sevens it's a game of excessive space excess space so you need excessive space to train it you need excessive speed to exploit the excessive space right and it's all these it's it's a really a higher performance game than 15s is even though it's like quote unquote simpler right but it's it's very tough to play because it requires such a high anaerobic level of fitness. So I guess the purpose of the, I guess what I'm trying to say now is like, if the purpose of the free preseason is to get the hooks in as fast as possible, 
is it easier to do that with 15s and his sevens? If the answer is yes, then let's move sevens. Yeah, I, and I I say yes just because you know the 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 fitness, you know your 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 fitness ain't your you know your conditioning has to be at a level you know, uh, suitable for a tournament that's coming, that's a month, you know, a month and a half away. So six weeks away now that's going to scare off a lot of guys, Yeah, you know, and, and if you're going to start off with that, it's really going to be hard to maintain guys to say, Hey, well, I'm going to stay for the 15 season. If you can get through the next six weeks of just absolute fitness. So, I mean, I think it's, it's better where, you know, guys will play and then, you know, you'll have those guys at the end of the season that are just like, well, I'm not, I'm definitely not playing seven. So let me just take my, take my, you know, early summer break and let the guys who want to play, play at the end of the year. Yeah. Gomez, Ken, thoughts, like start with 15s easier than starting with sevens. Um, well, I'm good either way because we, we teach, I, even when I'm starting with sevens, I teach the same things I teach when we're starting with 15s and for initial contact, we just do smaller fields. And I, but if you're focused on winning the sevens tournament and doing a high performance, you can't do that. Uh, For me, it was easier because it's less, less people on the field. So they have fewer responsibilities as far as what they have to do. They either tackle, chase somebody down or pass the ball and, and do that. Um, and then, and the rucking is one man instead of t- deciding if you're putting three or four, but uh, basically I'm teaching them how to play 15. I am teaching 15. It's just on a sm- with fewer bodies on the field. So, so uh, yeah. So it's like, if you want to be playing like sevens at a high caliber level requires like high performance. Therefore you need high level of fitness and a high level of skill. If you're just using it as a development tool, you can do that is what you're saying. Right. But you don't, don't have such high expectations. Correct. But if you want high expectations, I think you're right. I think it will. If you're not careful, you can scare off some players. It's a good point. Mike. Yeah. I, I kind, I kind of like, like I'm, I'm really happy with uh, with the way our preseason's shaking out right now. Um, you know, these guys have been training uh, 11, 12 times now, so they're they're ready to go. Um, they're ready to get minutes, um, and I'm more than happy for that to be a seventh tournament. Um, you know, but in terms of you know, do, are is every team that's going to be there going to put their best product? Absolutely not. Sevens is way too fast of a game. Um, and, but I'm excited to see guys shine. I'm excited to see guys, you know, have those light bulb moments and then come back ready for 15. Um, so I'm not, I don't really like putting sevens in a corner. I don't like saying, okay, it's going to be all the way in the beginning or all the way at the end. Um, and I'm definitely going to stress the point to these guys like, Hey, now that you've got a taste, you know, if, if you want to be good at this, there's a lot of work you're going to need to put in. So. You know, like the other spring ball conference that I can look at is like California, right? So in California, they do like three or four um, tournaments, you know, like there's like a, there's like a a California series that they do. And I think they're all like two day tournaments and stuff. And there's three of them. I just don't know if like our Florida teams 
are as well established. Like I think a lot more of the Californian teams are, are, are at that institution level compared to where the Florida teams are at, you know, so they're a bit bigger, they got a bit more money and that they can handle some of the costs and travel a bit better than I think we could. So, you know, do you like you guys have thoughts on one day tournaments versus two day tournaments like for in the florida context like do we want to spend the money to do two two day tournaments or are we good with just one day tournaments so you know me i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be the the picky guy here <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah yeah so i i i love the idea of a seven series you know i you know i know that i've told you before i i think the three tournament series is like the like my dream of, of what we would want, a, you know, a true seven series to be. I just don't see it happening with the, the way we have it. I love a two-day tournament. Like, I used to love the Cirque two-day tournaments. The thing is that we had a lot more teams. Teams were traveling from all over. It was a weekend thing. You know, we, we threw the AGM in there. So it was like, it was a lot of parts to it to make it, you know, of value. Right. Um, but I, I don't think that, with the format that we're playing now, it works. I do think that if we were to do a, like two tournaments, two one day tournaments at the end of the season, it would work. You know, I don't think it works at the beginning of the season or, or in the fall season. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of like hit or miss on the ideas because there's always going to be pros and cons and it's just okay. finding what's going to work you know, what, what, what's going to work for all the teams, you know? So, yeah. Right. So to me, the biggest, sorry, go Mike. Go I, would ahead. Say the, I would say the only, the biggest argument I would say one could make for having sevens in the fall is the fact that we play summer sevens. So, you know, you send your boys home, they play with their men's team, play a couple tournaments or better yet, you know, you convince them to stay in town, train with you, go to sevens tournaments. Um, so in terms of in terms of macro scheduling and seasonality, I think that would probably be the biggest pro for for sevens in the fall. So like when we talk about sevens, there's two ways we could talk about, you know, it's like we're never going to get like a perfect solution to this type of stuff because we just aren't. The only way we're going to get to a perfect solution on this is if we all have multimillion dollars in the bank and we can pay for whatever solution we want, you know what I'm saying? But until we get to that point, we're going to have to figure out, figure stuff out a little bit better, a little differently. So if we want to be playing high performance sevens, right? Polished products on the field, then where it currently sits is not the best place, correct? So then if we want to be playing like a high performance polished sevens, it, it needs to move. And so then the question is, where does it move? Like we can talk about moving it to the end of the spring, because I think Evan's idea there was that at the end of the spring, your highest performing guys are going to want to play more rugby. And this is a way to give, give them that, or one way to do that, which there's some validity to that argument. I'm not disputing it. Um, the question is like, is that the best solution? Knowing that there's no perfect solution. Is that like the best solution or is there another potential better solution? You know, the thing I thought around was like, is okay so then does high performance polished sevens need to happen at the college level right like are we better off trying to create like regional 
high performance teams, not just the stormers in the South, but we have like, you know, stormers North stormers central. And then like, there's a high performance sevens academies throughout the state that we send our guys to, you know, is that the better solution? You know, like what, what are the solutions that we need to be looking at here? You know, my, my thought was if we want to be playing like a high, like sevens does require a certain fitness level and a certain skill level. Are we better off like playing 15s preseason early and it's just a short season. And then you allow to do sevens like in November time, which, you know, goes later into the fall and, you know, you do your skill development and then you take your best skilled players and you put them into sevens later on. And then like the guys that aren't playing sevens are in the gym, you know, like there's no perfect solution, but what's like the best possible solution of. I think, I think that one, my, I would argue for that one, the November, you know, the winter sevens, as opposed to end of spring sevens. Cause I mean, if you, you know, your, your best, your best guys, are usually pretty beat up and are about to hit finals week after, you know, if they make it all the way to the finals, I don't think, I, I really don't think you're going to have their, your strongest contingency looking to play a faster version of the, of the game. Well, so I kind of, you know, so uh, my opinion, if you, if you did want to do it at the end of spring, you would have to, Shorten the spring season or yep, play some right. games in the fall is what would have to happen so that yeah um, you have a little bit of recovery time, but you'd be timing it right because uh, the I actually could live with that in the in the uh, early preseason fifteens and then finish with the fall sevens. I think could so, work. So I, I, you know, I, when you when you're thinking of of the seven. So like, if we're, if we're looking at it from a perspective of there's a national championship, the national right. championship for sevens has m- almost always happened the last week of May, first week of June. Right. So if we're talking about the 15 state final happening April 16th, then there's only two teams that would still need about six weeks to make it to national sevens if they if they were that team that that did decide to to play in it so i don't think it like the way the way they have that set up i don't think it hurts us if we did a a end of spring sevens because by april by the first week of april we've already eliminated almost all the teams except for four right so the issue there ronnie is is you're at, I'm at, I'd be asking my players to stick around for three or four weeks after school just to play in a, in a Florida sevens tournament, much less extra. I can get them to stay for a nationals, but to stay for the Florida, they, our guys are done first week in May. So you're, yeah. So you're saying Ronnie, if the, you know, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying again. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we, like if we wanted to invest more in sevens and we, and we decided that we wanted to put sevens at the end of spring, right? Like, are we going to do quarterfinals in our, in our seven seat in our 15 season? No, we'll chop it down to, to semis right away. We can even make it where like it goes straight into finals, right? Yeah, we, you we, can do a two day tournament. We, yeah, we could do the national style tournament. Semi-finals. We have to play your semifinals and finals on one day on one weekend. Like if, 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 if we want to invest more there, we, we can figure out ways to get this done, right? Uh, it, it's going to change the dynamic of the 15s schedule, which is going to change the dynamic of how we run our preseason. It, 
so we can do all this. I'm, I'm open to anything actually. Um, I think, I, I think Kirk, I think it, I mean, I, ideally this would be the year, like, right. We, 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 we lost the team and there's like, you know, this like change of schedule. So, I mean, this, it seems like the, the way the it's set up now with the teams that we have that it would work. I think that if we're expanding the FCC and then, you know, next year we're including, you know, so, just, you know, for example, we're including Eckerd and, and, you know, um, you know, so, UM, then it like, it changes everything. I don't. So, the, so you're kind of getting into this other topic I want to get on, which was like minimum standards, right? Like what are the minimum stand? Like, what does it mean to be in the FCC? I guess is a question. Right. And like, what does it mean? What do we need to be looking at to like add people? I don't want to be adding people on subjective terms. I really want to get it to the point where we're like, we're being objective. Right. So, uh, for me, some of the things I want to be looking at is like revenue, you know, like to me, revenue is a proxy of administration, administrative capabilities. So the higher your revenue is, the probably the more administratively organized you are, uh, the more you'll be able to handle stuff, you know? So like one thing I want to try to figure out is like, what does it cost to run a program in Florida, like for an, like for an FCC season, right? Like I, I looked at the you know, I have all the, the, the one-way travel mileage, right? UCF is below 800, which is an anomaly, right? Florida State's up at 1,700, more than two times the travel of UCF. But the, the mean, the average is like 1,100 and the mean's like 1,200. So, and Ronnie, you're at 13 or 1,500. You're not as high as Florida State, but um, based on that type of travel schedule, like I could figure out what the costs are, what it costs to, you know, take buses, how many overnight trips you're going to have to have, how many hotel night, you know, we can figure out what does it costs to run an adequate season. And then that could be like our minimum revenue, right? Like, so every year, like the number that comes to my mind is like $17,000. So every year, like, I don't need to see your budget. I don't need to see where you spend your money, but show me how revenue wise, how you're going to get $17,000, right? Because that's what, it, that's what it costs to be in this conference to run an adequate season. You know what I'm saying? And what are some other type of like minimum standards? So, so I wanted to, I wanted, you got to remind me to, because you reminded me something earlier about what you said with, with the stormers, but I just want to say like, I think that an end, like your entry, especially if we're going to try to have to, to bring more teams into the FCC. I, I don't, I, I don't, that, I don't think I, I don't see us bringing more teams in. If anything, well, I would I, see, I, I would say we can trial them. Why don't we trial them in sevens? So you know, I think what's going to end up happening is that we have this tier, this the second group, right? And that needs to be expanded. You know, like so you got FG, you got FGCU, Eckerd, Aubrey Marie, Miami, all down there. They're all have an own pool in Division Four. I don't like the term Division Four. You know, like I think it's. I wish there was a different nomenclature we could use, but that's the second tier. And I would see, I'd like to see that expand, right? If the men's clubs ever get their shit together and see the value of running U23s and we get to seven or eight, well, now they don't have to play in division four. They have, we'd have our second, you know, a second tier U23 age appropriate place that we could be playing in. Right. And then like, I, I don't want to bring people up to trial them. Like if you're coming up, you're coming up because you're able to handle it. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be people coming up and down and up and like. I, well, I want what to I mean, 
what I mean in that is like how the how the FRU uses that whatever that orange tier to like the, the D four is what they call it now. Yeah, yeah it changes to D four, but like I remember they were calling it whatever orange division or the orange and, cup and like yeah orange cup and those like those teams would play in the orange cup, you know, and then eventually they'd move up. But then yeah. as, you have the same thing. Like we have we have the issue where some of those teams can move up from orange cup. And then all of a sudden, two years later, those teams are back down to where they were first started. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, they go up, but then they don't have the infrastructure and they don't have this, uh, like the infrastructure in place to handle the wear and tear up, you know, because I, I, you know, right now we've got three divisions in Florida at the men's ranks. Like, do they need three divisions? You know, like and my issue is that one of the biggest problems with rugby is, is costs, right? And the more you divisionalize things, the more costs go up. You're better off regionalizing as opposed to divisionalizing. Because once you regionalize, costs go down. Is it quote unquote unfair? Maybe, right? But what is quote unquote fair? So um, so then can we, can we, so then what do you think about the idea of regionalizing sevens? Yeah, no problem. We could do that, you know, you know, and, like, like say, say, say in the South, it's, uh, FAU, um, FIU, FGCU, just, just use that as an example. And we each play one day tournaments round Robin of the three. And then, you know, whatever the winner, the winner, the, you know, highest point scoring team goes and plays the highest point team from the central division. And then the North division, you know, yeah. playing it. Like, I think that might work. I, I'm open to, I'm open to anything, honestly. Um, and then to the point about like changing this year, like we could, if we want to, we could, it, I think it's a little late in the ball game. And the other thing about it is that with a seven team, like seven teams in the conference, the schedule is the exact same length. The regular season is the exact same length as in eight teams, because at eight, it's single round Robin is seven games, seven weeks. You play seven games in seven weeks, but with a seven team, conference single round robin is six games in seven weeks because everyone someone has to be off on a weekend so everyone has their six games plus a bye week so the the length of the season the regular season doesn't change the only change would be the postseason so yeah hey i wanted to say something on what you said before about about the stormers thing i, I was gonna say man you must be reading my text messages and emails because well, I'm trying to do that now as, you know, you know, since I, since I run stormers, what I've been doing is I've been reaching out to coaches and I'm trying to get coaches that are not involved with college teams, because I think that if we try to do a stormers development where we have a North, like my idea is to have a North, um, a central, a West and a South. And then those teams kind of practicing and building you know, uh, play against each other and then getting together, playing uh, each team playing against each other. But the thing is that I didn't want coaches that were involved with the teams because then it becomes, Hey, I'm going to bring this guy in and I should bring this guy in when, you know, it, it shouldn't kind of, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have that like aspect to it. Um, but I, I, I am trying to work on something like that where we can, try to get all the FCC coaches to have like a regional person that they could send guys to, to try to develop them in the sevens, mm. you know, on the seven stage. 
Yeah, I did. I hear you. My concern is that there's just never enough like infrastructure, quality coaches, you know, like people that know what the hell they're talking about around Florida to handle shit like that. But yeah, I know. <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible. Uh, I do not mean to be terrible when I say stuff like this. I've really I've realized about myself that I just I don't sh- I don't shy away from uncomfortable truths. I just try to say it because. Once you once you accept it, you can move on quicker, and let's just get well, going. But, I, I don't know if it's as much people not knowing; it's more of the people that do know having the time, right, and or the commitment to be there. Yeah, real situation is. I I hundred percent agree with you, Ken. That's why, like, my personal opinions on like in Florida is that we need to get more teams around. Like, uh, I yeah, how, how do we get to that point? I think we need to be like, I think the, I think the colleges are the best at providing high, higher performing environments that create people that have experienced like a higher perform, higher level of rugby that then when they give back, they already have a, like a, a solid base to, uh, to do it from. Um, I know there's plenty of people around Florida. I just, I, I don't know if like, I, and I just don't know, like if it's time commitments, the best way to, to reduce time commitments is to get more stuff around Florida. So you don't have to travel as far to do stuff. Yeah. You it's, it's a, I mean, it's easy. It's so hard for me to get a lot of players to come and commit to something because of the fact like that they do have to travel. So for example, like in that stormer situation to get guys to come to central Florida, like that's, that's, that's me asking Gomez to send guys from Tallahassee down to Stewart, Florida, you know, and it's just, it's something that we don't want to put that on them. But at the same time, if, if they had a local group, you know, say there was a group in Lake city that was, that was training. It's a lot easier for Gomez to say, Hey, I'm going to send these five guys over to Lake city to do some training because it's not that far away. Kenny, you know, anybody up in that area that's uh, qualified? I mean, Gary comes to my mind, but he coaches. Well, I've got, I've got a guy. Well, my one of my newest my newest assistant coach was an Eagle Sevens player before he um, before he broke his back. Ah, and he'll be there this week. Are you going to be there tomorrow? Yep, I'll be there. I'll talk, and I'll definitely talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's uh, he's real keen. He's he's actually uh, having film sessions with all the rookies today to get them ready. He's really really fired up very passionate but uh don't steal them from my program that's all i'm asking i just yeah i just use i try to get guys to to you know to to build areas and like it's kind of tough because like i don't you know for example everyone knows me as the guy that does sevens and but at the same time I'm, I'm brutally honest with players sometimes. So like a, a lot of guys will not want to come back to me. Cause I say, Hey, you're, you're, you know, you're out of shape. You're this, you're that, you need this, you need that. And some guys just don't like that. So it's like, it's easier for me to say, Hey, I can run this program and oversee a bunch of coaches that are coaching different teams or oversee those teams and, and you know, put in somebody like your coach that has no relationship to other teams. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. No, I'm sure he he might be interested. He's actually doing graduate work on uh, high performance coaching. So, 
he's uh, he's all in on coaching rugby. See, and I think that that's that you see, Kirk. Then that's where I think like if we if we do something like that, and just and and we use that aspect to kind of develop that sevens collegiate athlete. I think that might work a little bit and kind of help if we were to do just a one-off tournament. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I hear you on it. And this is why it's so beneficial for us to be in the FRU because then we can kind of help with like some of the planning, you know, because it, it, it's not everything on ourselves, but yeah, if that's, if we can get that and that helps alleviate some of the pressure from all, us in our scheduling to do other th- other things great sure i'm with you what i do think is that this is not like a i do appreciate all the feedback in the chat on this it's not an easy solution uh and it is going to require like some innovative thinking and stuff like that so yeah i mean that's we're not going to come to consensus today you know like yeah. let's just keep talking about it um i think we're in a unique situation i mean Flor- florida you know Florida in itself is is unique in 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 itself, but uh, I think that you know, as when it comes to rugby, it, it becomes a little bit difficult. It it doesn't like when I see these other conferences, uh, you know, collegiate conferences, and I say, man, they they they're 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 set up in this successful way, but like when you look at it, when you pull it up on a map, these guys are you know, they're it's like driving the farthest drive is like from me to UCF, you know. So it just doesn't I, work out for yeah i mean when or, i look or, at, they, or or it's a bigger area and they're and they're financially well off you know yeah when i look at like the california teams you know because they had that big tournament in san luis obispo you know so cal is driving down that's like a four-hour drive you know like everyone's four-hour drive as well you know like from la to, to san francisco is also like a seven eight hours it's very similar to the the drives that we have you know and then chico state's even further up but I think Chico's D1A. But, anyways, they, but, but there's multiple, but those there's still multiple, there's multiple teams locally, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all around, but not they're not that much different, to be honest. Like my Florida is unique in its geography and that it's a large peninsula. But like the demographics of it now are not that much different. Honestly, you know, like we, I, I just think that Florida underperforms because we're in the South. And I just think rugby in the South has just been like, yeah, just California is different because they have the Polynesian influence, right? Like the demand for rugby, I think really is driven at the youth level. It's helped push by the Polynesians. The Polynesians didn't help set like a higher base of rugby to play from and then the the development kind of happens from there um i just you know to me like in florida or in the south you just don't have as much of the like international influence as you do in other places that sets a higher base level does that make sense yeah at least not for more than a season right right they come and go yeah or or your um or you have (laughs) you know all those international guys right <laughs> so yeah, all, all 40 of them they're gonna be there this weekend i'm really you know i like tulio i like ian vo you know i had a really nice chat with them 
like I said, um, they've got some things that they need to work on, you know, like we haven't, they haven't played competitive rugby since, you know, February of 2019. Uh, I have never seen collegiate eligibility documentation from them. You know, the, the UM has notoriously never traveled. So they're supposed to be going to Florida state next weekend. Come, is that still on the books? Uh, as far as I know. Great. So they might even, you know, they're coming this weekend with two teams. We'll see what they travel up with the Florida state next weekend. You know, they have also have a six game season, in the D4, you know, they got a home and away with their three programs, three other programs, and then into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like they've got, if they handle a six game season and they show all their eligibility documentation um, and they travel well, and, and then, you know, like, and then again, if we start talking about these like minimum standards, the, they can show they got enough revenue and they show that they got the, you know, sure. We'll, we'll talk about bringing them in, but you know, like I, that whole discussion with UM really started, got my gears turning as far as like, what is the runway for the FCC teams for the next couple of years? Like, how do we, you know, like I've been sitting here talking about like my idea, but now like, let's start putting some standards to it so that we really start pushing things, you know, things forward. So, um, we also we also have two games with them as well. I mean, they're local, but you know, it still adds it still adds <laughs> to their schedule. Ten miles. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, but I'm saying what I'm what I'm saying is that it adds to their schedule. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, Evan's back on. By the way, guys. Uh, so yeah, the whole UM conversation, I think, really was beneficial for us. Um, because, yeah, like, how do we now start moving things forward? I think the, the number one thing is, like, alumni associations. You know, we really need to get that stuff going. It's great. You know, UF, you guys have got that relationship with that regional um, community trust, which is a fantastic idea. You know, like, USF has had their, uh, their scholarships forever. So, you know, they're obviously – probably way ahead of the rest of us as far as alumni associations go fau just had an alumni you know so as long as we start getting these alumni associations to understand how they can help leverage their strengths to really push the clubs forward you know like um yeah i mean to me i'd like to see alumni associations and like multiple paid coaches in florida over the next five years uh i think that'll really help us move move things along um, because once you start paying, you start getting accountability and I think you get some difference, um, dynamics going, you know, another buddy of mine, he was coaching one of the programs out here. Um, his payment model was that he got half the dues. So it was, the incentive was for him to go on campus and recruit granted at the time he was like in his mid to late twenties. So, um, different situation but you know like there's different type of payment structures we can put in place or that can be put in place for coaches and yeah how do we help i think from a from a conference standpoint we can really start putting some standards in place that'll help really help move things along but yeah i know i just went on a ramble any questions or comments gentlemen No, I look forward to Saturday. <laughs> I look forward to Saturday for, as my first season of not coaching sevens to see what it looks like. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it'll be uh yeah, best of luck, gentlemen. Uh great job, Gomez coming down with uh three sides. Um so we do have the one motley team. So any extra bodies you bring, Ronnie, you can get time with them. Yeah, I may not have as many bodies. I, I lost three to ankle injuries this week. Ronnie, there you go. Go reinforce UF. They got two sides and a Sweet. man. So yeah, it'll be plenty of game time to go around. Uh, yeah, I got, yeah, I got two full sides, so I'm good, but I won't have I, the extra. I, guarantee, I, I personally guarantee there will not be a side heavier than my third side. The Cl- yeah. A legit Clydesdale side. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you may be. I may have somebody that weight that, that's bigger weight, but I may not have all of them bigger. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this team will be thundering down the pitch. <laughs> just straight line, huh? Pick and goes all the way. Hey, that's that's I, the way you play it. You just take advantage of the size. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's gonna be a great weekend, guys. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, thanks for your time. And then for any of those folks that were not on the podcast and you're upset that you're not on the podcast, feel free to give me a shout. I'm always up to chat rugby. Uh, you know, talk with these guys when you see them. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. And like I said, I'm, I'm open for anything like moving the schedule around. Like, let's just make sure we are in agreement of what our goals are and what we're the steps we're going to take achieve said goals. Um, so yeah, like <clears throat> I'm open for anything. Always down for a chat. Appreciate your time, gentlemen, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.